Welcome to the Mystic Access Podcast, where the magic is in learning. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the Mystic Access Podcast for February 8th, 2022. He's Chris. She's Kim. And we have a class announcements for February to share with you, in addition to what we hope will be a really interesting discussion about a technique that we recently used. We hope you'll find this as interesting as we did, and we'll share a couple of fun stories with you (laughs) along the way. But first, let's get the administrative thing out of the way first, which is February's free class. Now, as you discovered, and as we mentioned on a previous episode, there was no January free class, and we really wanted to be able to give you, a obviously, a really solid, well-put-together, high-quality class, because Anything less is just not something we want to offer. So for February, we are going to visit the world of Android. And we're going to talk about what makes Android unique, how it differs and compares to iOS, and perhaps Fire OS a little bit too, because there are some definite similarities there. And really just what makes Android a potentially great operating system for your use in terms of accessibility the things it can do. We're going to talk about phones. We're going to talk about watches. Yes, you can get accessible Android watches. And we're just going to talk about the overall accessibility experience. Now, some of you may know that we do have an Android tutorial and it's currently available. It's been available for several years and we are going to do some updates to it as the year progresses to add some of these concepts that we're going to be talking about now, specifically multi-finger navigation, multi-finger usage using TalkBack or what is now called the Google Accessibility Suite. So there's a lot to say and we're going to just give you a hopefully a really comprehensive overview of what Android can do for you, particularly the latest Android, Android 12 or S, or it has another name too. It has a dessert name, but we'll save that one for class. So if you want to join us, the class will be on February 24th. That's a Thursday night. That's our typical class time at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. And you need to be part of our events mailing list to get the information. If you're already on events, it is the same information we've been using for several months now. It's the same recurring information. You'll go in at that time and we will begin class. Now, just a note for you guys, and we don't yet know how this is going to work. At some point this year, we may have to be changing things up. We hope not, but it's possible in terms of how events mailing lists or event registration at least is done because as you may know we had a really unfortunate experience actually a few of them during our open house in November we really don't want those to repeat themselves at some point we may have to take a second look at how class registrations happen for free events we don't want to have to do that but it may come to that We'll just see how these next couple ones go and see what happens. Make sure we can get through a class without being bombed. And we did, as a result of what happened in November, take away our chat ability for at least the time being. We didn't want to do that, but we were getting nasty things happening in our chat. So we'll see how this goes. We'll try and find a solution that is efficient and not too inconvenient for people. But that's to come later, though. And this event should be very enjoyable. Of course, it will be recorded if you're unable to join. If you're not part of our events mailing list, you can join from any page of mysticaccess.com, M-Y-S-T-I-C-A-C-C-E-S-S.com, or 
let us know and we will make sure you are signed up. As you may know, if you've been following the podcast for a while, we moved the podcast out of mysticaccess.com. It has its own domain, mysticaccesspodcast.com. So if you want to go to show notes, you go there, mysticaccesspodcast.com. It is completely self-contained. And the reason I'm even mentioning this is that we did the same for our downloads. So our free downloads are no longer at mysticaccess.com slash free dash downloads. You can go to the downloads by going directly to mysticaccessdownloads.com. So we did this to make it a little bit easier and make the downloads and the podcast self-contained away from the main Mystic Access site. You can still get to the downloads from the mysticaccess.com domain. You can still get to the podcast from the mysticaccess.com domain, but the downloads and podcast are both on separate domains. Yep. And it's just going to make it faster. When you go there, you're going to see some speed increases. You're just going to find things a little easier to utilize and navigate as a result. So don't worry if you're thinking, gosh, I have to remember these new websites. You don't. You can get there the same way you've always gotten there. You're just going to notice hopefully some happy changes. And the sites are going to be much cleaner and easier for you to use as well. Because as Chris said, we've moved them to their own special spots. And on each one of those domains, you can always go back to mysticaccess.com. There is a link on the menu that will take you back to the main site. So, Kim. Yes. What do you think if I was to track you? That would depend on who you were. If you were you and we were who we are to one another, then you could track me anytime. I think it would be very smart. If you were some guy I just met on the street. It would be very creepy and I would be very unhappy and I would be calling my lawyer. So one thing that people do is they can set up tracking. Now let's talk a little bit about tracking and the, it's like Kim just said, you know, who you allow to track you, who you allow to find out where you are. There yeah, are first of all, let's define what we're even talking about. What are you referring to when you're talking specifically about tracking? What information might someone see? Well, for one thing, it depends on, the app through which you are being tracked. Right. So you might see where the person is. You might see how far away they are from their destination or from you. You may also be able to see how long it might take them to get to you. So if you're expecting somebody or maybe even for security reasons, you may want to set up a way to track one another. And I'm not talking about Joe Blow friend that you meet on Facebook that you've known for two months and they live in California and you live in New York, what's the point? If you're talking about family, for example, or a significant other, or even a girlfriend-boyfriend relationship or boyfriend-boyfriend-girlfriend, whatever, doesn't matter. So you're talking about that kind of relationship. It's not that you're tracking them because you want to know where they are. That's a topic for another day that we're not even going to get into, but you're talking about safety for that other person. You know, you're talking about knowing where that other person is. Did they make their plane? That kind of thing. So a lot of apps have the facility to allow you to enable this kind of tracking. I didn't know about this in terms of this app I'm going to mention first, but when I recently got my premium version of TripIt, the TripIt app, and that's T-R-I-P-I-T, which is an app that allows you to import trips that you have booked 
and learn more about, say, your gates or your flight times, your arrivals and departures, et cetera, when you need to check in and out of your hotel, things like that. There's a feature that allows you to track other people and you're joining what's called their inner circle. It's their inner circle. (laughs) So we did that for one another. Because if there are times when one of us is traveling and the other is not, which is what happened recently, then we have the ability to check on each other, essentially, and make sure what's going on, what's happening, how's your flight going, is everything cool. In Lyft, which has been our primary rideshare app of recent times, and that's L-Y-F-T for those looking it up, you can also enable a feature that will allow you to get texts where you can follow along with a person's rides and you have to enable that and you have to essentially give the other person permission to do that. So between these two apps, these are the two that we were recently using. I was able recently when Chris went on a trip a thousand miles away to track his location and what he was doing in terms of his rides, his flights, flight times, landing times, you know, all of those things directly through the apps without leaving the comfort of my house. And I could just immediately see what was going on. He didn't have to call me and say, hey, my flight's landed. He did, but he didn't have to because I could see that. The advantage to something like that, for example, is that when leaving the hotel, if you take a lift and you're automatically allowing these people to track you, They know how long you were in the car. They know approximately where you are to your destination. They can also worry about you when the Lyft driver gets lost and can't find the airport. Yeah, we may have experienced that one recently. Well, he couldn't find the terminal. He found the airport, but he had a real hard time finding the terminal. And the ironic thing was, is after about 45 minutes of riding with the guy, He pulled out his phone and he used his Google Maps to find the terminal instead of whatever Lyft was actually using because they they have GPS talking when you're in the Lyft. Now, the funny thing about that specific statement that I just made is some drivers don't. They turn the voice off so you don't really know where they are. In that case, I fired up BlindSquare and I was able to know exactly where I was. But going back to the tracking portion of the conversation, you have the ability to know where that person is. What was it like for you when I left? Well, except for the time when you were sitting in the guy's car for 45 minutes, I was feeling very scared because I could follow what you were doing. I knew, for instance, when you left outside our front door, when your Lyft driver came and picked you up, I knew her name. I knew the make of her car. And I knew when she dropped you off at the airport. So I was able to know both when she arrived and when you got to the airport. And I also knew when you were waiting as you were coming back for your Lyft driver. I noticed it specifically when you were on your way home that your driver was supposed to arrive in like seven minutes. And then seven minutes went by and your driver still wasn't there. And I was able to see that, that it's going to be, oh, another five minutes or something before your driver gets there. And then I knew that when you were picked up, I knew essentially how long it took because it said how long it would take. And I estimated that for about 12 minutes to get you home. And I was essentially right on the money as to what it took to get you here. And I didn't see my phone say Chris has arrived, but 
I knew you had, obviously, because I was standing at the front door waiting for you. So it was in terms of both planes and car travel, an immensely helpful thing for me because you're thousands of miles away. It's not like I could get to you if something bad happened. At least this way, I can keep tabs on what's going on in terms of your travel and know exactly what's going on. Not exactly. I mean, that guy in the li- the one Lyft driver, you know, could have been taking you to another state for all I knew. But I also knew that you had tools at your disposal, if that were happening, that you could find a way to hopefully deal with that safely and accessibly. And that I was going to be kept informed as to what was going on as you were moving through getting to your destinations. Now, there's one bad thing about tracking, and it wasn't necessarily tracking for me at least, but a few years ago, I sent my flight itinerary and everything to my mother because I wanted her to know, you know, where I was going, flight numbers and stuff like that. So when I missed my plane and had to wait for the next one, she was freaking out because I wasn't home. So that kind of tracking could also backfire. Another thing that happened to me was I was going to a Star Wars convention in 2011 and a gate agent approached me and said that we're putting you on a different plane because this new plane would get me to my destination faster than the plane that I was supposed to be on. Now, that was BS because... (laughs) I was tracking with my trip it. I was tracking that flight. And here I am sitting in the gate with my new plane while I was still tracking the old plane. The old plane took off about 25, 30, 45 minutes more than I did. And it also got there probably hour and a half or something. It was quite crazy. But the the other plane landed because it was a two-leg journey. I think. I think it was a two-leg journey. I can't remember. Offhand. You were going to Texas. so we I was going to Texas. That, yes. It might have been a two-leg journey. But anyway, the second plane landed long before, before my second plane landed. So the tracking in that instance got me a little irritated because I was kind of lied to and said, you know, they could have just said, well, you know, we need this spot for somebody else or whatever. I don't care as long as I get to my destination on time and luckily i went the night before so it wasn't like i had to hit the ground running and go somewhere immediately you know i wasn't going to like a csun or an nfb or acb convention and having to set up second that i get there so i didn't mind in that specific instance but it was kind of annoying because i literally watched that other plane take off so the moral of one of those stories is that his mom no longer gets his flights and I'm the one now, it's not my job as wife <laughs> to contact mom and be like, hey, he's safe, he's good. So that's now my new job to let her know that he's arrived and or returned from his destination safely if he's not done it himself. Let's explain for a second what trip it really is. Yes, please talk about it because it is a super cool thing if you're doing any kind of flight travel at all. I did a podcast about it years ago and we could probably link to that podcast in the show notes Mm -hmm. and what it allows you to do you know you go into your favorite airline of choice you make reservations you you go to your favorite hotel you make those reservations and you forward those emails off to a specific email address and it then categorizes everything 
in a really, really nice, concise way of doing things. So it's an itinerary, but it does everything for you. It even puts your confirmation numbers where they're supposed to be. If you need to get the address for the hotel, you can plop that in there, those kinds of things. So it's a now, how did you do that? Go back a second to the address to the hotel, because your hotel for your last trip did not have the address in there. How did you get your address in there? The email that the hotel gave me, I grabbed the address off the email and I went and I modified my hotel reservation. I plopped the address in there. So there's all kinds of things that you can actually put into this itinerary. And it was funny because Kim's like sitting there looking at the itinerary of the trip. She goes, oh, the address just showed up. Well, yeah, because I just put it in there using a web browser and just put it in and save the changes. And it synchronized everything across all of our devices that we are logged into our accounts. So you went to tripit.com and did it through the browser through Tripit? Yes. Cool. I just logged in, found my thing and updated everything and everybody was happy. You know what I like? I could even see how long your security times were. I thought that was really cool. I was like, oh, wow, this is awesome. Because you were in a big airport. You were one of the top five biggest airports in the U.S. And I'm sitting there going, oh, crap. He's already 45 minutes late. getting there later than he wanted to be because this guy has been driving him around. Now he has to go through security check. How long is that going to take? And I was able to see that it was like a six or seven minute wait, which is nothing. Luckily for me, though, they say you're supposed to be at the airport two hours ahead of time. I actually left three and a half hours ahead of time because I was done with breakfast. I had already checked out and I had nothing to do. So for me, at least, it was pretty easy. And kind of the cool thing about Lyft and the reason we are talking about Lyft rather than Uber is that if you have an IRA account, you can connect your IRA and your Lyft accounts together and you can actually have an agent create the ride for you, you know, book the trip for you. The, the advantage to that is you can be on with them and they can tell you wh- where the car is, how far away it is, and that it's getting closer. So that actually adds to this little discussion of kind of sort of being tracked or giving your information to, you know, a, a third party that can assist you in locating your car. Didn't you have an issue on this trip with the IRA agent, though? There was something she couldn't do? Well, it wasn't really an issue with her. It was more of an issue with the address to the hotel. The Lyft app couldn't find it or whatever reason. And she had to go outside to Google and find the actual address to the hotel and plug it in. Oh, it wasn't good enough that she could hit the hotel from the point of interest. That was the difficult part about it. I really didn't understand. At that point, I'm just like, okay, I just want to go. I want to go. So I'm glad that I left much, much, much earlier than I had done because who knows what would have happened if I would have waited that extra hour and then that whole debacle with the uh, lift wasn't his fault. I mean, you know, it's a huge airport. So there was no blame involved in anybody. It was just, it happens. So Um, So what is the difference with Uber as opposed to Lyft? Uber doesn't allow you to connect to Ira. It used to, but it doesn't anymore. So they used to be able to do the same thing with Uber, but for whatever reason, they can't. So with Uber, you would be booking your own trip, then calling Ira, 
then saying, hey, I booked a trip and I'm looking for a They can't, tourist. right, right, exactly. They can't see the car. They can't go to the, the, the little map that they have in front of their eyes and say, oh, the car is on such and such a street or the car is getting closer, the car is going far away. I mean, the, she knew the car was right where I was. Mm-hmm. It was just a hard time for him to find me. I mean, a hard time finding me, a hard time finding the airport. So <laughs> it wasn't this guy's day, clearly. No, it clearly was not. But that's okay. It happened. Everybody was happy. And I got to the airport and I flew through security. It's crazy. At this huge airport. This isn't the Buffalo airport that's little. This is a huge airport. So the, you got through security as fast as you did was amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Although I must admit, even though it was great to track you and know that eventually you finally got to the airport, I was really relieved when you called me. I was like, where have you been? <laughs> why, why were you in, in a lift for 45 minutes? What's going on? Yeah, it was quite an, quite an adventure. So a lot of apps have the ability to track you, and a lot of apps are already tracking you and doing things with your data that you might ne- not necessarily like. This is a whole different discussion. This is you giving an app permission to have someone else track you via that app or have information sent to someone via an app that you want them to have about you and about what you're doing. This could be particularly good if you have kids or grandkids who are on a flight or getting a lift to come visit you or whatever, that you can then find out exactly what is going on at any given time. If you have an elderly parent or relative or friend who's coming to visit you, perhaps they're not as techie and you want to really get a handle on what's going on with them, their information. It does unfortunately bring up the instance of those people who aren't smartphone users. This is still very app specific. Yes, it is. and. I was just thinking of something, too, as you were talking. The thing about the flight, TripIt was getting that information from the airlines themselves. My phone had nothing to do with it. My phone was in airplane mode the entire time I was on the plane, for obvious reasons, which it's not giving out any location information. That TripIt part is between the airlines and trip it themselves and they were able to update you in i would almost guess real time in fact i was literally watching the minutes count down as your flight was getting ready to land it was pretty cold flight lands in four minutes flight lands in three minutes i didn't actually leave it on there until you landed but i couldn't right so what if you're a person who okay let's say i get a lift and i go to right aid okay and you don't care what do you do I choose not to follow you. I can ignore the text that I received that says, Chris has started a ride and wants you to follow his progress or here's permission to follow his progress or something. And you can click on this text. It'll open, in my case, Safari. And it would then allow me to track his trip and see what was going on. And then I would receive texts to let me know when the driver arrived and when he was dropped. So I could choose not to. I could choose to be like, okay, he's just going to ride aid. I don't care. And I could just ignore that. I didn't necessarily have to look at it or click the link. Right. So that's just something to keep in mind as well. You could even delete the text thread. I mean, if you know you don't want anything else coming to you, you could just go delete. Yeah. Was there a new text coming in once the lift dropped or did you have to stay with the trip? It was in the same thread. It was in the same text thread as 
the one that gave me permission essentially to follow you. Okay. So if you did not accept that permission to follow me, now we don't know this for sure. We don't know this for sure. Mm-hmm. I would surmise that you wouldn't get a drop-off text because you don't care. That would be my guess because I never clicked that link. My understanding is at least that I would have to click that link to start following you, that it's not just opening the text and here's my text that says right. you're following. I think you have to click the link to say, yes, in fact, I do want to follow this person on this specific trip. So that's my assumption. I'm not going to swear to it, but that's my assumption. And you and I have never played with something like Find My, which it's mm-hmm. called Find My because there's so many devices. But it used to be called Find My Friends, and you and I have never played with that. But that's an iOS Apple thing, which, you know, we may or may not want to turn on. You know, it really just depends on what what you want to do, what you want to send to whomever you want to send to. And again, you want to be careful who you're sending stuff to. Yeah, and it may depend on the technical level of the other person as well. If you want something that will give you automatic information, perhaps you want to turn on more of this stuff. If you know they're just going to text you anyway when they get to where they are, maybe you don't want as much of it. So it may also depend on the person who you're following. As Chris said, though, you do want to be very careful. If you've met the nicest guy in the world on the internet, in big red quotes, and you've only known him for two weeks, we don't suggest sharing your information with him. That goes with lots of information, not just this. That's a whole other conversation. But you want to be cautious as to who has a lot of your personal information. This is another topic, but this is why you need to be really careful when you're sharing all of your stuff across social media. You might not necessarily know everybody who's receiving that information, especially if you aren't aware of how all your settings are set. So you've got to be kind of cautious about these aspects of things too. Also note that with a lot of these, you can have multiple people. So it doesn't just have to be you and your spouse or you and your significant other or you and your kid. It could be you, your spouse, and your kid, or you and a parent and a friend, or you and your brothers and sisters. There's any number of ways that you can make this work to your advantage. And I assume you can go in at any time and reconfigure stuff to make it the way you want. So if so-and-so, you no longer want to be in your inner circle, you can kick them out. Right. You can. I was looking at that as well. You can make sure that they don't follow you on whatever it is you can you have complete control over who's quote tracking you and who's not another piece of this is let's say i'm following chris's flight and let's say i know his flight number i can also use another assistant like a voice assistant to ask about the status of x flight so if i'm more interested in using my voice as long as i've got the flight number from that basic information i can do that too so you can use multiple things in conjunction with each other to make this process easier now particularly regarding something like Alexa and Google skills and apps or whatever they're called now on Google on Nest, excuse me, I guess it's still called Nest, come and go. And you may not have access to a skill today that you had access to six months ago. So I wouldn't completely be 100% reliant on the voice assistance if that is your preferred method of having conversations. But they are an option. So in general, at least, you should be able to ask Siri or Alexa or Google, what's the status of flight, blah, blah. And I'm just giving you this example. It's very generic. I'm not going to promise that my wording is exact or that you're going to be able to do it this way. But if you can say, you know, what's the status of X flight and maybe give the airline, then you're probably going to find out information that you want to know. 
One cool thing. Let's go back to TripIt for a second. Yep. I was doing some modifications of my home screen earlier before I left, and I put the TripIt widget on the main screen, and that was really nice because it was telling me my upcoming whatever, whatever the next leg in my journey was, it was telling me. So for example, when I left that one morning, the first leg of my journey was to obviously catch the plane. The second leg of my journey was to check into the hotel. So once I hit the ground and that time had passed and I looked at that widget again, the next upcoming information was to check into that hotel. Once I did that, because I didn't have any like dinner plans or where I'm going within my agenda, which you totally can do in TripIt. It's not just for planes and hotels. I can put lunch with so-and-so or dinner with so-and-so at such and such a restaurant. And it would tell me what that upcoming thing was in that widget. But in my specific case, it was check-in. Then when I was at the hotel, the next thing was check-out. And the irony of check-out was this check-out, the time was after my plane had taken off. So I never saw the plane thing, but I could have went into the trip at thing, modified my checkout time to be eight o'clock in the morning because I knew that was when I was going to check out. And then it would have done what I would have expected, which would have shown me the plane for the return trip. But that's a really handy thing about having widgets on your devices. They can give you kind of updated data. It's not really tracking, but I guess it's tracking my trip. Well, it's more convenient because it's right there on your home screen. You don't have to go into something. Right. How is, since we're doing a class on it, how is TripIt on Android? Just as it is on iOS. Very, I love very, when that happens. Yes, mm-hmm. it's very, very accessible. They've done a lot with voiceover support and stuff like that with the TripIt app. I, we sound like a TripIt commercial, but that's what <laughs> we're using. And in this case, it would be talkback support for Android. Yes. Yeah, that is what we use. And you've used other things in the past and and you've gone back to TripIt. Now, this brings up the money issue, of course. Again, there is, as I mentioned, a premium version and there's a free version. What's the difference? Why do we care? The premium version allows you to do the inner circle thing. Both people have to be a premium person Ah. in in order to do that. You get real-time flight updates. You get gate changes and all that other stuff. For those that don't fly often, when you pay for your ticket and it says that your gate is X, Y, or Z, that may or may not be the case. Gates kind of change all the time. One time I was literally sitting at the gate. I got a notification from TripIt. This was years ago. And it said, your gate has changed. And I knew before they made the announcement. So I'm like ready to go and find my new gate. So those are the advantages to having the premium version. What do you think about using a companion app in conjunction with something like TripIt? For instance, you and I had talked while you were away about me getting a flight updating app that would send push notifications to let me know when your flight landed. And I ultimately decided, well, I'm not going to do that this trip because I don't really see much point. You're going to be home in like two days. And I already know that I can kind of see your flight information in real time as long as I just open the TripIt app. But What would you say about some of these apps that work in conjunction with the major travel apps? Yes, I would say go for it because if you find something that gives you a notification in such a way that, say, TripIt doesn't, for example, there is one that I use and it's actually about five minutes faster than 
trip its notifications and it gives me more information just in the notification itself. Like and it I will give getting push notifications with TripIt either. But this isn't your trip. You are monitoring my trip. Aha. And there's the other thing to note. Right. They don't want to notify you about my trip if you don't care. Yep. You know, if you're just, let's say that you're a colleague and you're monitoring my trip because I'm on a business trip, you don't care, you know, to get notifications when so-and-so's playing comes, especially if you were doing it for a team of people. Let's say that you were in a business and I'll give something like CSUN for an example. And the majority of your company is using TripIt. And you're following <laughs> There's all those 10 people. of you going. <laughs> exactly. And you're going to hear bing, 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 bing. And you're just following their trips. You don't want that. So I, I understand exactly why you didn't get the notifications. Mm-hmm. Do you know what the name of your app is? I want to say it was called Flight Tracker. We'll have to look because when I tried to look this up, we'll try and find out and put it in the show notes for you guys. Because when I tried to look this up, I don't know if I found the exact app that I was looking for. <laughs> and we kept kind of looking and finding things so we'll attempt to get that information for you at some point i'll probably put that on my phone so that when he's going on a trip without me i will get actual push notifications that say chris has landed he's taken off whatever so going back to a previous point what if anything do you recommend for those who don't have phones that are as smart as say your run-of-the-mill android or ios devices I would probably say if you have somebody that's willing to call you and text you, you go back to the old way. I don't think there's mm-hmm. a way to track via a non-smartphone. I know there used to be at one time a phone number you could call. I don't know if any of you remember the old tell me lines that would give you flight information. I'm pretty sure they had a flight thing in there where you could put in your flight number in your airline or at least your flight number. And somehow it would be able to give you status for that flight. I know it had traffic and things like that too, but I'm almost positive at one time in its history, it had a flight thing. And I don't know if it even still exists, but I might look that up before we actually go live with this podcast and find out if something like that still exists. So if there is, and I find something of interest, I will put it in the show notes for you guys. You might be able to search your flight with Google in your web browser and see if it'll pull up any information about that. Or again, if you have a voice assistant, you can try that. I know Siri, you used to be able to say something like, what flights are above me or something? And it used to tell you that kind of stuff. I don't know if it still does, but I think it used to do that a long, long time ago. Let's see if A-Lady does. What flights are above me? So you probably couldn't hear her, but she said to check the flight status, you'll need the airline and flight number. Now so, that's not. Mm-hmm. So you can do that if you have. You can do that, which is really nice. So let's just try. What's the status of United three sixty? United Airlines flight three sixty from Charlotte is on time and in the air. It's scheduled to land at Houston George Bush at eight seventeen a.m. local time at Terminal C. Nice. Okay, that was pretty cool. <laughs> and it was a flight coming from my home state. So what do you know? Kind of a fun thing. I just pulled that out of the air, but yeah. So that's actually kind of handy, guys. So that gives you an easy way to do it if you have an assistant, if you like to talk to things that are inanimate. And, (laughs) you know, that was a really, really cool thing to know. And you could just keep asking and keep asking and say, when is it or is it closer? I guess. I don't know. It didn't really give you distance. It just gave you arrival time. Mm -hmm. But it was cool because... What did I say? I think I said United. 
When will United Flight 360 arrive? United Airlines Flight 360 for Charlotte is on time and in the air. It's scheduled to land at Houston George Bush at 8.17 a.m. local time at Terminal C. Oh, it did tell us that. Yes, it did. It did say 8.17. So you're getting the same information when you phrase it that way. Yes. And it did say Terminal C. It did say Terminal C, which I like. Mm -hmm. Yes. Didn't tell you the gate number, but it told you Terminal C. Told me Terminal C, which is cool. So try that with your assistant of choice and see what comes up for you in terms of information. See if you can get something similar. Let me try Google. Okay. What is the status for United Flight 360? United 360 is on time and arrives in 32 minutes. Oh. Now, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool, but it did not give you terminal. It did not tell you where it was going. It just right. told you when it would be there. Right. So it's a little different. Well, Thank you, everybody, for joining us on this podcast. And remember, when letting people track you, you need to stay safe and think about what you're doing and who you're giving that information to. Remember the old police song, Every Breath You Take? (laughs) Well, that's just a creepy way to end the show. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye. The preceding podcast is a presentation of Mystic Access, where the magic is in learning. If you are blind or visually impaired and desire to discover how our comprehensive products and services may support and empower your assistive technology journey, we welcome your visit at www.mysticaccess.com. Have a question or wish to place an order via phone? Call us at 716-543-3323. If you have something to share about this podcast episode, press 4 to reach our Mystic Access podcast comment line. Email us at info at mysticaccess.com. Connect with us on Twitter at twitter.com slash mysticaccess and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mysticaccessempower. Would you like to spread the word about our podcasts? Your friends and colleagues may listen and subscribe at www.mysticaccesspodcast.com. If you enjoy our episodes, consider leaving us an iTunes rating and review. Your comments are greatly appreciated. Thanks for spreading the word, and thanks for being a listener. We hope you enjoyed this episode.